0: Welcome to the Weird History Podcast. I'm Joe Streckert. This is an independent, listener-supported show. To support it, go to weirdhistorypodcast.com. The Mediterranean is one of the most storied and important bodies of water in world history. Its shores have been home to humans for thousands of years. Mention the Mediterranean, and you'll bring to mind ancient Egypt, Greece, Carthage, Rome, And Byzantium. You might think about the rise of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, which all occurred in the Mediterranean region. Or you might think of Mediterranean food, pasta, euros, and notable cheeses like feta and parmesan. The Mediterranean has given us some truly great and amazing things, like pasta and euros, but here's an idea. As good as the Mediterranean is, as great as the Mediterranean is, what if we got rid of it? What if, instead of having the Mediterranean, we had not the Mediterranean? What if, instead of the large body of water that's been a source of food, commerce, and transportation for humans ever since pyramid times, we just didn't have that? Or at least had less of that? We could just take a bunch of the water out, you know, have some land there, and kind of shrink the Mediterranean down to a manageable size. Sound good? Okay, this probably doesn't sound great to you, but this was a real proposal that kind of floated around Europe, mostly Germany, from the 1920s until the 1950s. And it was the brainchild of an architect called Hermann Sorgel who thought very sincerely that he could solve a whole lot of europe's social environmental political and economic problems by making sure that one of the world's most important bodies of water had less water in it sorgel's idea would have created substantially more land in the mediterranean basin and he called the project atlantropa or sometimes panropa with hopes that europe africa And the Middle East could all Voltron together to form this new kind of supercontinent. And this proposal would have relied on four major dams. To create Atlantropa, or Panropa, Sorgel proposed building a dam across the Strait of Gibraltar. This would have, hypothetically, been an enormous hydroelectric dam that provided power to vast sections of Atlantropa. Of Europe and Africa. It would have been almost nine miles long, making it even larger than the modern Three Gorges Dam in China, which is less than two miles long. Dam number two would have stretched across the Dardanelles to keep the Black Sea in check, and dam number three would have been between Sicily and Tunisia. This would have also been a roadway providing an overland route between Europe and Africa. Dam number four was at the Suez Canal which is funny because building the Suez Canal was a whole thing. Sorgel didn't want to get rid of the Suez Canal. He had a whole complicated system where we could take the Suez Canal, put it behind very, very large walls that would lead out to the part of the Mediterranean that still kind of existed, and then there would still be passage between the Red Sea and the shrunken Mediterranean, but boats would have to go through this artificial canal behind very high walls, separating the water from the land, and it's kind of precarious when you think about it. So those are the four major dams that would have created Atlantropa, but that's not the only dam that Sorgel had in mind. His plan also involved irrigating the Sahara Desert. He didn't think That was doing much good for anyone, so he proposed damming the Congo River and making a large inland sea in central northern Africa, creating a hopefully verdant and water-having area in a place that had just been kind of dry and sand-having before that. So, why? Why would anyone do this other than to be weird and crazy? Well, Herman Sorgel was weird, and he was crazy. But he had good-ish reasons for proposing this. See, he genuinely believed that the extra land in a hydroelectric power and an irrigated Sahara would solve a whole bunch of economic, social, and environmental problems that Europe, Africa, and the Middle East were all facing. He believed that overpopulation, even in the 1920s, 1930s, and 1950s, when the world population was less than half of what it is today, was a problem, and Atlantropa, he thought, would give additional people a place to live. Once they had a place to live, he thought that meant fewer conflicts over resources, therefore less war, because Sorgel, a pacifist, fundamentally believed that wars were about not having enough stuff, not having enough land or food or resources or what have you so he genuinely thought that if we were to give people more arable land and therefore more food and therefore more places to call their own there would be fewer reasons for all of the shooty explody things that europe had been doing pretty recently i find sorgle to be charming yet naive in this aspect given that he came up with this idea in the 1920s world war 1 had just happened and I think that most World War I scholars would agree that it didn't happen because Europe didn't have enough stuff. But I digress. Sorgel also thought that bringing Europe and Africa and the Middle East closer together, or at least more linked landwise, would help solve racism and prejudice. If the Mediterranean wasn't literally providing a barrier between Europe, Africa, and the Middle East— Between Christians, Muslims, Jews, everyone, if they all had to share a contiguous landmass, they would get along better, right? Yeah, sure. And this was during kind of an awkward period of industrialization. At the time, Europe was in the middle of a very real power crisis. See, industrialization in that period was very much underway, electricity was very much in demand, and yet... Nuclear power did not yet exist, and oil beneath the Arabian Peninsula was yet to be discovered. So, there's demand for power, but very little in the way of supply. Proposing gigantic hydroelectric dams at the choke points of the Mediterranean is crazy, but it's sensible crazy if you're in the middle of a potential European power crisis. On a less maybe idealistic note, uh, Sorgel, even though he was an idealist and a pacifist, he was still a German and he was still a European, and he was worried about the ascendancy of the Americas and of Asia. He was worried about those two regions passing up Europe. He feared a world where either America or Asia or both surpassed Europe and power and culture and I don't know, the other stuff that's important to you if you see the world like you're playing a game of Civ. And you should not see the world like you're playing a game of Civ. It's not a game. It's not zero-sum. But anyway, he believed that with the combined power of Europe, Africa, and the Middle East, the Americas and Asia would never be able to surpass them. Sorgel outlined his utopian ideas in a book called The Panropa Project, lowering the Mediterranean and irrigating the Sahara. And this is the part of the podcast where I'd usually read you an excerpt from a primary source so you could hear firsthand what this was all about. But I looked and looked and couldn't find Sorgel's book in English. Apparently, nobody has found his work worthy of translation and I can't blame them. I imagine translators have better things to do than to translate failed utopian ideas from the early mid-20th century, but I'm afraid I can't give you a dose of pure, unfiltered utopian idealism. Uh, You'll just have to take my word for it. Uh, One thing I did find, though, was a short German video outlining the benefits of this, which is in German, but I will link to it over at weirdhistorypodcast.com. So if you want to see a short little propaganda thing about how beneficial Atlantropa would have been, go over to weirdhistorypodcast.com, click the thing, and you'll be able to watch it. Sorgel shopped his ideas around to German and other European authorities, who did take him seriously. Plenty of them shared his concerns about overpopulation, and European powers in the 1920s again were in that awkward phase of industrialization where they needed electricity but didn't yet have Arabian oil or nuclear power. Likewise, living space, or Lebensraum, was a big talking point for the Nazis. So in the 1930s, with the rise of Hitler, he said, You know what? Us, Germans, we gotta go take over other areas, because we just need places to live, guys. And later on, when Hitler opined on Sorgel's ideas, he said that they were not inconsistent with Nazi ideology. So, that's uncomfortable. Though, Hitler probably was a bit more genocide than Sorgel would have wanted, given that the guy was a pacifist who was trying to solve a whole bunch of problems with engineering. He thought we could all live in harmony if we just had enough land. But... Cost, feasibility, and World War II prevented Atlantropa from coming into being. By the time the war ended, oil had been discovered under the Arabian Peninsula, and nuclear power was indeed a thing, so the need for vast hydroelectric dams was less pressing. Nevertheless, Sorgel kept trying to promote his idea until his death in 1952. Sorgel's plan likely wouldn't have worked. Even had Europe, Africa, and the Middle East mustered the collective resources to put four gigantic dams at watery choke points along the Mediterranean, the land created for Atlantropa, or Panropa, as it was sometimes called, would not have been arable. So, recall, this would have been land underneath the Mediterranean, which has salt in it. Atlantropa's soil would have looked like Carthage after Rome was done with it, and making the salty land at all usable for agriculture would have been a whole other feat of engineering. However, even if you were able to somehow desalinate the soil, you would still have a rocky, low-lying area of land where water used to be. Rocky, low-lying areas tend to be extraordinarily hot and have Ways of trapping heat. Sorgel's project would have essentially created a whole bunch of death valleys on what used to be coastline. And imagine all of those charming little towns in the south of France and the north of Africa, along the Italian peninsula, along Greek islands, and on the coast of Israel Palestine. Think about those towns that once had an idyllic view of the sea, but instead of the blue sea, there is only hot. Rocky wasteland with soil that tastes of salt. It is a land born from idealism but unusable for any kind of meaningful human habitation. It would have looked less like a utopia and more like a sun scorched Mad Max hellscape. Even so, I have to admit some affection for Herman Sorgel. There's a certain appeal to his way of thinking, his pattern of belief. He believed that technology could solve problems, and that more resources could solve problems. If people just had more land and more electricity and more places to call their own and more food, things would be okay. Europe would be okay, Africa and the Middle East would be okay. That's all they needed to stop being hungry and stop shooting at each other. Right? diplomacy, economics, and social reform, those are all hard. Those are all messy. Those problems can seem intractable, and those solutions can seem impossible. Technology and engineering, though, from a certain point of view, are simpler. Technology improves every year. Engineering is easy and predictable compared to dealing with people and populations. And I kind of want to live in the world that Herman Sorgel imagined we did, where technology, science, and engineering really was the solution. I wouldn't want to lose the Mediterranean, but I do wish that we could engineer our way to utopia. As always, this is a listener-supported podcast. Go to weirdhistorypodcast.com to become a supporter, and thank you all of you who support the podcast every month. Couldn't do this without you. Go on to Apple Podcasts, give us reviews and stars and the rest of it. That helps other people discover the show. Uh, I read every single one of the reviews you post. Uh, I really appreciate your guys' feedback. Also, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter, at Joe Streckert. If you want to yell at me on Twitter, you may do so. Or on Facebook, facebook.com slash weirdhistorypodcast. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye.